this film is not particularly nice to Cassandra in a lot of ways. And, and we should talk about that. Absolutely. Uh, Wayne's girlfriend, Cassandra, played by Tia Carrera, gets the sort of short end of the stick in a lot of ways, which is surprising considering that the director is one of the other few female hands at work <laughs> in this production. Um, you would have thought that maybe she would have handled this with a little bit more sensitivity. But there are quite a few things here that seem kind of troublesome. I guess we can also talk briefly about this movie being pretty mean to Lara Flynn Boyle. It's really terrible to yeah. her. Well, and granted, they make her a... I mean, a, a very mentally unwell kind of kind of a loon. But but the idea of like the crazy ex-girlfriend is is certainly something about this movie that hasn't aged very well. I do love the phrase psycho hose beast, <laughs> but I don't know that it needs to be a gendered term in order for it to be effective for me. Yeah. You know, I think that regardless of the fact that this movie was directed by a woman, if you've seen if any of the... Uh, Wayne's World sketches on SNL, you kind of understand how women fit into these characters' worldview. There were very frequent segments on Wayne's World as it appeared in SNL that, for all intents and purposes, were just different ways of ranking women and their hotness. Right. Every, um, all of them are, are babes or psycho hose beasts. You know, if you're going to be true to the characters, which this movie is, particularly with someone like Mike Myers, who is, you know, helming a lot of the the creative decisions for this character that he's created, it would stand to reason that even with a female director, it's going to still have some problematic relationships with women. I will say that there are certainly some funny moments, particularly when Garth confronts Stacy or really anyone with a vagina because he just sort of short circuits and and doesn't really know what to do and it's you know it's kind of cute and also a little bit sad but the trope of the crazy ex-girlfriend is as you said really well tread and in this particular movie is I think less to be there you know to offer like texture or like background to Wayne and more so that we have a really clear sense of who's right for Wayne and who isn't. It's still centering the man in the story and using women to help us understand who he is and who he really belongs with and what kind of a person he is. Right. It's uh, her, her entire presence in the film is purely to establish the dichotomy between her and someone like Cassandra, who is... A musician. She she wails, as Wayne says. She she's the front woman of a rock and roll band whose name escapes me now. But she's very good. She's very talented. She's got a great voice, and she's actually performing in this too. Tia Carrera is. But there are a lot of different things about her character, particularly that feel like an extension of this sort of objectification. Uh, one of the things that I couldn't help but notice, especially in light of all the news this week around the tragedy in Atlanta. Um, in which the massacre the, we can the, say the, it the massacre right there's this shooting where where this man you know with with white supremacist racist impulses killed all of these asian women i couldn't help but notice the very fine line that is often crossed here between a sort of joking reverence for chinese culture and something that falls straight into sort of uh racism and, and, and sort of anti-Asian rhetoric. You know, there are a couple of jokes made that are sort of at the expense of Cantonese being a, a foreign language, you know, 
and and to an extent, it's a funny bit where Wayne claims to be just learning Cantonese, but is able to quote Kierkegaard in it. Those things are funny. Um, it's when it kind of moves and, and transgresses into uh, jokes about the names of Chinese food and, and him asking for the cream of some young guy, uh, Rob Lowe's character referring to his trips in the Orient, and just the sort of general kind of feeling of, of fetishizing her specifically as an Asian woman, uh, that, that the film starts to stray into territory that felt like it has not aged well. Yeah, I mean, and the events of this week are proof positive that these conceits haven't gone anywhere since the 90s. If anything, you know, media still does its job of like reinforcing this like exoticizing and the objectification and hypersexualization of women and Asian women in particular. You know, it's remarkable to me how even when we decide a movie like weeks in advance, we watch it and then there always ends up being some really specific kernel of like a through line to today's current events. Something in the world in 2021 always seems to just shine on whatever movie we select uh, like a spotlight. And maybe that's, you know, uh, that's a demonstration of why we talk about movies from the 90s. They are so much a part of the world that we live in today, a lot of the the architecture can be seen in media and art from this decade. But I digress. We don't need to get into the Atlanta massacre. There are a multitude of dialectical forces at play with this incident that extend far beyond this specific incident. And I think are clear manifestations of many, many things that we talk about on this show that exist and reinforce one another. We don't need to get into that. But what I do think is germane to this movie about the conversations happening in the wake of this tragedy is the really sort of violent nature of our relationship with Asian women and the intersection of many, many oppressive systems just to like list off a bunch in a bulleted bulleted format it's like white supremacy capitalism our criminalization of the sex trade the ways in which we objectify women period patriarchy imperialist tendencies at home and abroad um just like a multitude of things right. like the intersectionality of all of these forces basically lead women of color and and in this case, specifically Asian women, to be the targets of all sorts of socialized lenses that that feed into a lot of the jokes that are made at Cassandra's expense in this movie. And one of the things that was just like so fascinating for me to uncover that is, I think, a really clear example of this is that so Tia Carrera, um, her real name is Althea Ray. Duhinio Gennaro. She is Hawaiian born. Um, so her nationality is Hawaiian, um, but she is Spanish, Filipino, and Chinese. Mm-hmm. In this movie, Cassandra is from Hong Kong. And I found out in doing some research, they had asked that she play the character with with an accent, and they were explicit on the fact that she have an accent. 
which in and of itself is just like a weird requirement, right? And I think speaks to this thing that we're talking about of like this exoticizing of Asian women. And I think the sort of demand that this character not sound American, fully American, is a really clear manifestation of problematic white male impulses. 